0: on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, KRLV, Las Vegas.
1: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness.
0: Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn to the
1: 5, touchdown Raiders!
2: The crowd applauds because Las Vegas, just win baby!
1: Unnecessary Roughness, on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q.
2: And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show today, Unnecessary Roughness, on Raider Nation Radio, 920. My man, DeMond Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. And what better way to kick off hour number two of the show than bringing in a Super Bowl champion. He won that Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears in Super Bowl twenty and former Raider wide receiver who's with the Raiders with in LA from eighty eight to ninety three, and that is Willie Galt. Speed, speed, speed and more speed. And Willie, we do appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining the show. And I I know you're gonna talk a little Raider five K. That's why we brought you on, but I just wanted to talk to you. I wanted to get your thoughts, man. You were one of my favorite players watching growing up just because of that speed and how much stress that put on opposing defenses. When you were out there and you had a DB lining up across from you, and they knew you had all that speed, man, could you, could you feel that, that, that stress that they were going through when you were lined up across from them? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: Speed is and Thank you for having me on the show. Um, well, you know, I had a lot of confidence in my abilities. I knew how fast I was, and I knew how fast they were because I did my research. I knew every defensive back I was playing against, what his tendencies were. So I came into the game, in my opinion, with an advantage. And I tried to always take advantage of that that advantage because I knew exactly where I was going and he didn't know where I was going
2: right absolutely and we saw cliff branch he was enshrined into uh pro football's hall of fame this past summer in uh in august in, in canton ohio we were there for that and i mean he was a guy that had speed for days and won multiple super bowl rings so uh, i mean just when you saw a guy that you know is part of the fraternity once a raider always a raider going into the hall of fame what were your thoughts on that
3: i, w- I was very pleased and of course it was long overdue uh cliff actually uh stretched the field and made uh, defenses play a different way, and he set the tone for people like me to come on. And he was a fast guy and, and caught the ball in two Super Bowls, and he was just a great player. I was very pleased and very happy to see him enshrined in the Hall of Fame.
2: Joining us right now on the phone line is Willie Galt, former Raider wide receiver here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. So I mean, you were an Olympic sprinter. I mean, you made the the bobsled team. I mean, there was just nothing you couldn't do athletically. Where did all that come from? How did you? How did you just? How did that all come about?
3: Well, I just challenged myself. When I was young growing up, I saw a lot of things happening, and I said, I want to do that. And so I always promised myself I would never say I wish I had a tribe. So I wanted to be in both Summer Olympics and Winter Olympics, and I made the summer team in 1980, and then I made the 1988 winter bobsled team. And I had fun. I had fun doing it. It was a great experience, experience that i cherish cherished for the rest of my life, being on the U.S. Olympic team and walking down the opening ceremonies and competing against athletes around the world is uh really special and it's something that's uh unmatched in anything you do because it's just the entire world, it's not just the US. So I was very, very happy and very pleased to do it and I I actually, you know, made sure that I challenged myself in everything I did. I just didn't wasn't complacent and, and being happy about being in the league and, and being happy about doing one thing. I just wanted to be able to see what I could accomplish and I was able to do that.
2: You know, making the, the 1980 squad is no surprise, right? I mean, you're a dude with blazing speed, but, and not that the making the bobsledding team was a surprise, but obviously it's a different challenge. It's a different animal. How did you go about that? I mean, that to me is such a, a heck of an accomplishment that you had there.
3: Well, it was a a, a series of elimination, actually. I wanted to be in the Winter Olympics. I couldn't ski. I I wasn't going (laughs) to ski jump, and I couldn't speed skate. So I I knew I I I was fast. So in Boston, you push as fast as you can, you jump in. So I could do that and hold on for dear life. So that's basically what I did. And I went up, and I tried out, I made the team, and there was
1: a history from that point on.
2: That's awesome. It really is. Talking again with former Raider wide receiver Willie Galt here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Go ahead, DeMond.
1: We see it so many times in the NFL, where even DK Metcalf, where people want to see and test their speed on the track field just to see if they actually have that elite speed. What's that difference like when guys are you know, chirping to you on the field about how fast they are, they'll be able to keep up with you, but you know that you've been racing against people that actually have that elite, best-in-the-world speed?
3: Well, you know, football players that haven't run track before just have a, um, a fantasy about how fast they really think they are. You know, mm-hmm. they're not... Well, you have to be on the track, and the track doesn't lie because it's you against the caucus, you're against the next guy. And I, everything I do and I look at guys who are supposed to be fast, I look at their times. The times are what it is. I mean, it is what it is. Usain Bo is the fastest man in history. It is what it is. He's fast. So to, for those guys that think they could beat him, you know, they're just, they're dreaming, first of all. It's not true. Uh, and if it is true, you should go out and do it. Uh, but, you know, again, football is a different speed. You have equipment on and everything else. And there are some quick guys out there, you know. But in, in track, 10-3, 10-4 won't get you anything. It won't even get you out of the the, the, the heat. So you have to run 10 1, 10 10-flat, 10 9-9 to be successful in, in track.
1: Something that I've got to ask you about doing my research on you, are you still acting today?
3: I, I've done very little acting. I'm more in business now. Okay. So I, I still train every day, still work out, still running – uh, but I'm more in the business. I have done, you know, a lot of movies and a lot of television, and I love it. Uh, but now I'm, I'm more in the business world.
1: What was your favorite role?
3: <laughs> um, several, actually. I I did a, a role called um, uh, with the, in the um, it, was, it was in the Pretender, and I, I played a sweeper. I was on that show for three years, and then I was on the West Wing for three years, which was great. And so I had fun playing those things because it was a combination of myself, which I was very athletic and moving around, and I got a chance to play with guns at the time, and you know, run and chase people, and it was really cool. And then God, the president and, and the president's wife, so it was pretty cool.
2: Hanging with Mr. Cooper was one of my favorite shows growing yeah, up. Yeah, that was
3: that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. That so. was. I had a great time there, and then also I did the Steve Harvey show, which was cool. Yep. Uh, yeah, but hanging with Mr. Cooper was was fun. It was really fun. I did actually a year and a half ago. I did um, a family reunion, which was great last year.
2: Nice. And I had a good
3: time with that, yeah.
2: And you still compete. You still compete in senior events. I mean, how how awesome is that? Just to be and still in shape and be able to go out there and, and and put that competitive edge to you know to the test. Well, they're called masters. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I still compete in masters. I actually
3: have t- I've broken twelve world records in the span of thirty five years, which has never been done in the history of sports. Wow. So I, I feel good about that, and I'm still. I mean, I'm the world record holder for my age group all the way down to forty five or so. And, uh, you know, I, I feel great about that. And it keeps me young. And it keeps me in shape. And I don't have to try to get ready to do anything. I just do what I want to do, So,
2: really, which, which is really nice. Former Raider wide receiver Willie Gold joins us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, the Raiders 5K is March 4th at Allegiant Stadium. How important is that for uh, everyone to get involved in? And you don't have to be an Olympic sprinter to be able to get involved in this.
3: Absolutely. And being an Olympic sprinter doesn't mean that you can do a 5K either. Right. So. That just part. Want to make sure you know that because <laughs> – I, I'm built for speed. I'm a Porsche or a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a Cadillac. You know, I don't I don't really run distance, but <laughs> I can. But anything you do when you get your body moving, I think, is a great thing. You know, we, we, we only have one body, and we have to treat it right. And exercising is a part of making our heart beat right and, and all our organs work correctly. So it's very important to get exercise in a 5K uh, run or walk or whatever you do. It's always important to get out and also help other people and help raise money for charity than those who are less fortunate.
2: Yeah, and the charities are awesome. I mean, supporting hope means Nevada's mission in uh, eliminating teen suicide and empowering Nevada's youth to live hopeful lives. I mean, that's awesome. That also goes to mental health. And so all this really ties together. And on top of that, you're, you're ending up at Allegiant Stadium and you're involved with what the Raiders are involved with, which is also giving back to the community.
3: Absolutely. I'm in my hotel room right now and I actually see the sign about the 5K. So it's very, very, it's very great. It's a great thing. The Raiders have always been synonymous with trying to help people and even helping players and helping the community. I mean, look, look at all the players that come from different teams and you you get a chance to have a second life with the Raiders. And that's what they're trying to do now is help give people a second life and a good hope on life and, and, and to get help them when they, when they need help. And uh, these types of things are very important for us to be involved, for the current players to be involved, and for the community to be involved. You know, it's not what you have, it's how much you give. What do you give? You're rich by what you give, and you're poor by what you keep. That's from Marcus Allen, who is one of my best friends. That's what he says, and it, it's, it means so much to me, and it's, it's a great saying.
2: I love it, I love it, and I uh, found out the Raiders 5K can actually be done virtually as well we have some people that are listening right now that said hey, we're participating, but we're going to be doing it virtually, so that's another way to get involved as well, and of course we'll give all the information at the end of this, talking about the Raiders uh, 5K with Willie Galt here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and, and you mentioned, you know uh, you know, team, players going to the Raiders and kind of getting a second life, and look, you won a Super Bowl Super Bowl 20 with the Chicago Bears, so it was a hell of a team, you guys were great, but I mean when you came to the Raiders and you were about to, you were part of that that team where it was go go deep and stretch the field and how much fun was that to be a member of the silver and black i was
3: tickled pink when i got the call from the raiders that i was going to be playing there and uh, I, the raiders Mystiqueness, uh mr davis at the time uh mr al davis who i'd known and respect and i was just so pleased to be able to come to los angeles which i loved the the weather in california the, the natural grass and the, the deep ball, I mean, that's what it was. And I was able to come here and, and, and be successful for five years and, and play, well, seven years, and, and play a lot and and, ha- and stretch the defense and have fun and, and win games and, and have players like Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson and Holly Long and Tim Brown. and. Uh, James Lofton, all these amazing, amazing athletes that we had here and to be able to see those people come in and play and then have those friends for, for life and uh and that's what life is all about. That's what football is all about in sports. You know, you meet people, you do things, you you're able to interact with people and you learn life lessons, but yet you also make friends for life and that's what I've been able to achieve and I'm I'm really pleased and, and blessed by that.
2: What did you see from Devontae Adams in his first year with the Silver and Black last year?
3: I mean, the guy is great. He's good. I mean, so I mean, he's good wherever he is. It doesn't matter. So you know, you just give him the ball anywhere around him. He's going to catch it. And you know, you, it's about opportunities. You know, and this this day in in, in this day and time, I wish I was here. Football is a passing game. It's it's a scoring game. And my game is more. My year is more of a running control offense. We had this guy named Walter Payton. I mean, he was
2: pretty good. <laughs> yeah, know? it's pretty good. So we, we
3: ran the ball a lot. You know, and uh, you know, so but. This, this day in time, man, it's, it's a throwing quarterback, receiver, tight ends, and running back game, and uh, he's great. He really is. He's, he's pleased. I got a chance to meet him when he was in uh, uh, Green Bay, and uh, really nice guy. I look forward to uh, meeting him here with the Raiders also.
2: You know, I wanted to ask you, what do you think if the Raiders have the squad that they have right now with the weapons that they have, but then they also have a burner like you were on the outside so they can compliment Devontae Adams, how much more potent would that make this Raiders offense be?
3: Well, I mean, speed is something you can't teach. Either guy, right. you, you don't have it, and mm-hmm. it also, like Mr. Davis, used to today, the first play or the first series or whatever, just throw it deep, overthrow them by ten yards. I, I don't care. I just want them to know that they can't just sit up and and and, and uh, you know play for the run. They got to be aware that we're going to throw the ball deep. And that's what it does. It opens up the offense. It opens up for the receivers. It opens up for the tight end. It opens up for the running back. It, it opens up the offense, and it, it becomes more of a, a thinking game for the defense. And when you've got the defense thinking, then the offense know where they're going, so you've you got them off balance, and that's what you want.
2: Talking right now with Willie Galt here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty unnecessary roughness. Just have a couple more questions for you. When you see the facilities, when you see the stadium, you see oh the practice facilities. God. What would my you God. have given to play in something like that that they have oh now?
3: My gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, let me just tell you one quick second. When we won the Super Bowl, the, the week before we went to, to New Orleans to practice, we had to bus for an hour to go to a high school bubble to practice in because it was so cold in Chicago. It was like ten to zero. So we didn't have an indoor facility. We had to go into a bubble that you really couldn't kick in because it was only probably 50 feet high, 40 feet high, whatever. And it was only maybe 30 yards long. But that's the only place we could go to practice because we didn't have a place. And now these guys got a full dome and, you know, just practice facilities where they they get fed every day. After games, they get meals fed to them. We have to go and buy our own food after the game. It's crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Times have changed, huh? Times have changed. (laughs) (laughs) Times have definitely changed. for the better for sure. Yeah, absolutely.
3: I'm I'm happy for for the guys. Uh, You know, it's just part of it. You know, it's part of the thing, part of the game.
2: Absolutely, and I, I wanted to finish up on this. Uh, Freddie Belenikoff, it's his 80th birthday today. Earlier, JT had a celebration on the show uh, for Freddie for his 80th birthday. Uh, what do you think when you think of the great Freddie Belenikoff?
3: Oh, my gosh. Freddie is uh, uh, a prince. I love Freddie. He was my coach. Freddie was probably one. Of the, I mean, the, the great played the game. So he, so as a receiver coach, he was a Tim Brown, myself, guys. We had such a good time with Freddie because Freddie, Freddie knew we knew what to do, so he wouldn't pressure us about it. He said, look, guys, do what you want to, but just go it and perform on Sunday. We said, okay. And so our meetings were great. They weren't like overly, overly like meeting, but we just had a good time. And uh, Freddie is a prince. And I, I do his golf tournaments every year. I see him and Angela, and uh, they're really amazing. And he's one of my best
2: buddies absolutely well we we were so happy to be able to honor and give him a, a happy 80th birthday on the radio here and uh, as you mentioned man freddie is is raider royalty and he's just royalty in general i mean just a hell of a guy so uh willie you know thank thank you so much for your time enjoy the feet 5k you're my, my
3: pleasure my friend
2: happy birthday to my
3: my buddy freddie
2: there you go. The great Willie Galt right there joining us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, won a Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears but uh, rocked it with the Raiders in LA for five years and again he was one of the guys that I always enjoyed watching. Just him stretch the field and uh, unfortunately his phone was starting to break up just a little bit there at the end. We could have gone on probably another 10 minutes with uh, Willie Galt but uh, he was joining us in behalf of Raiders 5K so if you want more information on that please go check it out at Raiders.com slash 5K. Again, they're raising money. It's going on March 4th at Allegiant Stadium. It's really a good event. Uh, supporting Hope means Nevada's mission is to eliminate teen suicide and empower Nevada's youth to live hopeful lives. And it's so important, so stinking important to make sure that the youth and their, their, their minds are in a good place and supporting mental health. And the more and more we learn about mental health. And I remember it was probably less than, what, five, six years ago where mental health wasn't even something that we talked about. Now we talk about it all the time. And it's a real deal thing that I think everybody goes through to a certain extent. Some people are a lot better at, 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 at dealing with it. And others, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's a rough deal. It's a rough deal. Sometimes you don't even know what's going on with someone. So I love the fact that the Raiders are heavily involved in the community. And I was so appreciative of Willie Galt joining us. And again, just hate the fact that it sounded like his phone was starting to break up just a little bit. Uh, it sounded like he was uh, in the hotel room and might not have had the best signal. But it's always great to catch up with a Raider great. And Willie Galt is exactly that. 316 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. It's Radio Radio 920.
1: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Many thanks to former Raider wide receiver Willie Gault for joining us in the last segment to talk about Raider 5K. Also join us just to talk about, you know, having all that speed, man. Willie Gault was a blazer. Didn't matter if he was in Chicago or with the Raiders. He was blazing speed all the time. Just put stress on the defense. Something that I think that the Raiders need to try to implement that element back into the game uh, this upcoming offseason, put it into the into the roster, you know, just get a guy that has that blazing speed that could be a hell of a threat, you know, to a, a opposing team, whether it's a guy that they sign a free agency or a guy they go draft. And I believe there's plenty of guys like Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee who we've talked about multiple times. DeMond's brought him up here on the show. So I think that's one more element that would be added to this roster and added to the team that would make them that big of a threat offensively. Now, the question I threw out there kind of rubbed folks the wrong way, and that's okay. Sometimes that happens. Uh, It's not to get uh, anyone upset about anything, but it's just another way of looking at uh, the way that this roster is put together this offseason by Dave Ziegler and company, and a lot of people, after the Raiders moved on from their quarterback, a lot of people thought, okay, this is what direction they're going to go. Okay, maybe they're not going to go in this direction. Now, maybe they're going to go after Aaron Rodgers. Well, maybe they're not going to go after Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so what are they going to do? I don't know. DeMond doesn't know. Nobody really has uh, any ideas. There's a lot of speculation out there, but really nothing concrete until we start seeing the plan put to motion. So earlier in the week, we talked about if Jarrett Stidham is the quarterback you know, what, what are your expectations? I think the overall uh, agreement was about seven to nine wins for the 2023 season. I don't believe that that's enough to make the playoffs. I think nine wins will – you'll come up short. I think you have to at least have, have ten wins to make the playoffs. And I honestly believe that the team should be a playoff team. I, I thought last year the team should have been a playoff team. They weren't. I honestly believe that they should go into this season with the expectations to make the playoffs. That's that's just how I feel about the situation. Now, I'm sure guys like Max Crosby want to be a play, uh, want to be on part of a playoff team. Devontae Adams wants to go to the playoffs. Josh Jacobs wants to go to the playoffs. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, everyone wants to be a playoff team, and the Raiders haven't consistently done that. And so it would be nice to see them get back into the playoffs and do it consistently so Raider Nation has something to cheer on. But if they're not that team, if they just happen to be a team that might go out there and win seven to nine games, the question I threw out there, because it seems like maybe they're not going to go after an Aaron Rodgers or maybe the price tag will be too much or maybe he doesn't care to leave Green Bay. Right? I mean, that's that's the other element of this whole situation is he's at a really good spot there. They wait for him to do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> he he basically has his his run of the town. So why would he want to leave that and start over somewhere else? That's another question to be asked. So if the Raiders don't bring in a guy like a Rodgers or a big-time quarterback and they do go in with Stidham, maybe Jimmy G, maybe, you know, Baker Mayfield. I've seen people hit me up and say Jacoby Brissett. Somebody like that. I think that's just an average quarterback, kind of lateral movement at best, but Again, that's just me. I threw out the question, does it make sense? Take the emotions out because the NFL is not about emotions at all. That's the other thing about it. A lot of people are getting on my helmet about talking about it like this, like I'm trying to run Josh Jacobs out of town. I'm not. The NFL don't care about emotions. It's all about business. What do we say? It's not for long. Business is is what it is. That's what the NFL is. So, does it make sense to spend at least 10 million to bring Josh Jacobs back. And I, I have the 10 million number because that's what the franchise tag is. And I think that at some point they're going to have to hit him with the franchise tag. And the reason that this question even popped in my mind is because of our interaction with Josh Jacobs at the pro bowl, not too long ago, just uh, a couple of weeks ago at Allegiant stadium. And this is what Josh Jacobs had to say.
4: Uh-oh. I ain't to to you. I ain't, you know, I ain't really talked to them. I ain't really had no conversation or you know, anything like that. Uh I'm not too much worried about it. You know, uh, I feel like I'm in the driver's seat. You know what I'm saying? I, I control the ship. So however it goes, it's how it's going to go. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not too much worried about it. Um, but it definitely got to make sense. <laughs> now, now that the season's over, I know you talked a lot during the season, like, hey, mm-hmm. business will take care of business. Yeah, it's exactly. plans. But season's over, you had a great year. Like, it's nice to have a great year like that for a contract season. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, we haven't talked. Oh, yeah, so I ain't feel disrespected in any type of way yet. So we're gonna, <laughs> see, we're, gonna, we're gonna see how it go. When does that start? They say next week, but I don't know, we're gonna see. I, mean, I guess when does the disrespect start if you if they haven't talked you? Yeah,
2: we're gonna <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Josh, is this where you want to be if it does make sense? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, obviously. Like I, I bought a crib here. I, I'll probably forever keep a crib here for tax purposes. But I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, it's what I want to be, man. I, I feel like I've left my mark on you know this organization. Um, you know, with a group of guys in the locker room. Obviously, it's going it's going to be sicking up next year. Um, but man, I feel like uh, you know this is home. So for me, this is where I want to be. But. I'm not gonna discredit myself trying to be here either. So, you know what I'm saying? So it just gotta make sense. Was it wasn't like seeing Derek? Um, I mean, after everything that kind of happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny because I broke the ice when we had seen him. I was like, man, it's kind of weird having you around, but you know, he's been cool, man. You know, he's the same dude he, that he's always been. You know, he's uh, he's just a good person. So he came around us. We all was in the locker room. Uh, you know, the first day that all the Pro Bowl guys got out here, and um, we was all in there earlier. You know, because we knew the facility and things like that. Um, and we just all kind of just sat down and kind of, you know, enjoyed each other's time. Um, but man, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to, you know, have one last run with them. Have have any other guys been recruiting this week at all? Definitely been a lot of recruiting going on. (laughs) Definitely a lot of recruiting, you know, uh, Dude, every time he see me, he'd be like, man, stop tempering, You know what I'm
1: saying?
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely been a lot of the time, uh, that is, That's going
1: to feel good, though. I mean, people, people want you, right? I mean, that's going to be
4: oh, a cool yeah, feeling. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's both ways, man. I mean, I, I talked to, you know, a couple of defenders, uh, defensive players, and was like, man, what's, what, you, what you thinking is what you're you about to do, you know? So, and, and the thing about Vegas, man, everybody wants to come here, you know, so. Hopefully we can figure it out. Uh, they can put some pieces together. Josh, I'm sure you, your preference is probably a multi-year deal. Would you? Do you think you would have a negative reaction to to no, the franchise my Ooh, hero turn villain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hero turned villain. Man. What, I mean, you said it has to make sense. I mean, you talked about money before, but like, mm-hmm. is it just money too? The, what else? What else makes nah, sense? Nah, it's also. It's, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. The pieces we get get around and all of that. Like, like I tell people, man, like. It's one thing to, to be okay taking less money and stuff like that if you're winning, but if you lose, and they gotta about to come correct. <laughs> that's just that's just what it is, for real. But do you think you can win here? I think that we got a great opportunity too. Uh, like, I, like I've been saying all last year, I feel like you know we was always so close. Um, so that really just come with them getting the right people in there, you know what I'm saying, the right guys, you know, getting some more guys on defense, uh, you know, getting some more guys up front, like things like that. Uh, obviously now the, the quarterback situation, I think that play a big part of, of what I want to do too, like if, if I come back or not, you know what I'm saying? So it just depends. You haven't talked to them, but do you want to talk to them like who they're going to try to get a quarterback? Oh, no, of yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> we 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 talked We talked about that like kind of like towards the end of the season. Um, so I kind of know where their head is at. You know, I'm not gonna speak on who they. I'm not gonna <laughs> speak on. I'm not gonna speak on where they lean into. But I know, I know they they the three that they looking at. So we'll see. The one's already tired though. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know nothing about nothing. I feel like that was a contingency plan. You feel know I me? Mean? Oh man. Just in terms of this week, Pro Bowl, the new structure, everything. What's your take on all that? Stupid. I, I ain't a lot They need to they need to uh first off, I'm a free agent. I you know, but uh nah for real though, they need to they need to figure out a way to make this make sense because I don't enjoy this. You know, feel me? Like we just kinda here, you know what I'm saying? It's not really organized either, but they need to figure it out. Any
2: ideas on like what to do instead or
4: send everybody family on vacation, bro, I'll call it a day. <laughs> Go back to call it a day. I mean, but don't have people like they be like, all right. Yeah, you coming out here? Bring your family out here. It's a vacation, but you got events that you do. It really ain't, you know what I'm saying? So, send people on a vacation for a week and just call it call it a day. Could have got that start to the Philippines though. I'm saying,
2: (laughs) there goes uh, Josh Jacobs. I was at the Pro Bowl, but you know, a few things stood out. Right where he was talking about the quarterback matters. Right, the, depending on if he wants to come back, who the quarterback's going to be, and again, if you don't bring in a big time quarterback, he's been openly recruiting Aaron Rodgers. Devontae's been openly recruiting Aaron Rodgers. If it happens to be not a big time quarterback, how excited would he be back? Not saying that he has a lot of leverage, but that's you know part of the reason why you throw the question out there. Six nine one eight seven keyword R&R, three twenty nine is the time. We'll come back talk to Bucky Brooks from the NFL Network. He's at the HBCU Legacy Bowl. We'll talk to him about all that next on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.
1: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 3.30
2: 3.30 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. to Cotton, He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. And joining us now on the phone lines from the NFL Network, works with Raiders.com, does a little bit of everything, is Bucky Brooks, who's at the HBCU Legacy Bowl. And, Bucky, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. How significant is it to have the Historically Black College University Legacy Bowl, having the little combine style so these guys can show off their abilities as they prepare for the April draft?
5: Uh, that's a big deal. Uh, the National Football League has done a good job getting behind the initiative. They want to recreate uh, the pipeline from HBCUs to the National Football League, and so they created a series of uh the H B C U Combine, the HBCU Legacy Bowl, uh, to give guys from historically black colleges universities opportunities to be seen by NFL scouts. And I would say after two years, it's been a rousing success.
2: You know, and you're going to be in Indy. You're always at the Scouting Combine, and now you're at the the Legacy Bowl. Do you approach these two different entities different? Do you look at them or do you look for other elements in in the HBCU Bowl uh, as as, uh, opposed to what you see at the Scouting Combine?
5: No, I mean, the standard and stuff remains the same. And I think what they try to do down here is because so many of these schools are uh, small schools. They are. Uh, they haven't been given the same kind of attention that some of the bigger schools have. What they want to do is create a central location where all the scouts can see and evaluate these players. And so it's the same as the combine in Indianapolis, the same as it would be at a pro day uh, at a big power five school. It's just that they've done it at this one central location down at a human stadium at the University of Tulane. And so you can have an opportunity to evaluate
2: all these players. What have you seen as far as the attendance? How has the attendance been for the scouts and the GMs that, that should be there?
5: Uh, the, early in the week, when you had to the combine and the early practices, you had 31 out of 32 teams represented. Mm-hmm. You had a Pittsburgh Steelers general manager on my time this year. He addressed the team, and so uh, people have paid close attention. And you have to understand it's a copycat league. And so, yeah. Kansas City Chiefs last year won with a handful of rookies playing in the secondary. Two of those rookies, Joshua Williams and Brian Cook, who started the Howard before he went in Cincinnati, are products of HBCU. Uh, programs, and so uh, the more that you see guys playing prominent roles from the HBCUs, the more that you have people interested in going down there and seeing who the next
2: generation of stars are. Bucky Brooks is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, my man damon has got one for you.
1: So from the actual prospects that are there, who have stood out to you or some guys that have jumped off the page?
5: Uh, so there are a couple guys that uh, will have an opportunity to play at the next level. Uh, how high they would be drafted, like no one knows at this point, but uh there's a pass rusher from Boise State named Joshua Pryor who has certainly stood out. He's probably been the most disruptive defensive player in attendance. Uh he's the guy who has over thirty sacks in his background and uh south production typically translate into pro performance. And so he'll have a chance He's a wide receiver from Florida And uh named Xavier Smith, who's a slot receiver. But look he had over two hundred and eighty catches in his career, uh thirty six hundred yards, twenty-eight touchdowns. He's a big time player. And then when you think about like quarterbacks, uh, Deion, Smith, Deion Sanders of Jackson State had a quarterback called uh, Nugget Warren. Dijon mm-hmm. Warren from uh, Jackson State, who was the number one J.C. recruit in the land when he turned down Jordan to go to Jackson State. He is also someone who's drawn a little bit of attention.
2: You know, I'm glad you brought up Warren. I wanted to ask you about him. And, of course, Dion was there at Jackson State. And, I mean, there was a point where they ended up on ESPN. Game day was there, right? And, I mean, that that happens because Dion is down there. How much did he help, in your opinion, kind of give some more added attention to HBCUs like he did at Jackson State? Well,
5: I mean, HBCUs were certainly getting attention. But he absolutely brought some notoriety uh, to HBCU programs because he's such a big presence. He did such a good job at Jackson State that uh, we had a lot of their games on TV. And the more that you have uh, games on TV, the more attention that you bring to the SWAC and the MIAC and the CIAA and those other conferences, the more that these guys are having an opportunity to be seen. And so, DM yeah, certainly deserves credit for being able to shed a light. But there are a lot of great coaches that are really doing a great job of elevating the play and the performance of these players in these programs.
1: Speaking of the great coaches, who are some of the coaches that are out there helping the players get ready, you know, for the combine and the legacy bowl? I saw that Dr. Rush, Chuck Smith was out there, but who else is out there helping these players?
5: Okay, so during the combine and stuff like what they did, and they brought a bunch of NFL legends to kind of help out. Um, you saw the Charles Bentley, you saw Chuck Smith, George Whitfield uh, was helping out with the quarterbacks. And so those guys were there on Monday to try and get those guys ready. And then right now you have a handful of uh, coaches that are, Participating in the event that came from the championship teams from the respective conferences. So you have uh, Trey Oliver from NC Central uh, participating. You have Dooley from uh, Southern University participating some of the other coaches. And so it's been a great event. Uh, it's been really, really cool. I would say it has uh, even improved from what it was last year. And I think as they continue to put on this annual event, you'll see more and more players being recognized coming from these programs.
1: And Q mentioned it a little bit earlier about Dion with Jackson State and all the press that he was able to bring there, including College Game Day. But what team is actually has the most representatives down there this weekend?
0: Um, you know, just like
5: lightly looking at it like it's kind of funny. I mean, Southern is well-represented. Uh, Florida A&M also has a handful of players that are here. And so, you know, when, when you think about this being a, a, a black college all-star game and everyone prominent, there's a lot of representation everywhere, particularly typically because the coaches that are coaching that come from the championship programs, a lot of them have brought their own players to this game. And so it's been great to see. Is
2: it, is it similar to the, the combine, not the combine, but like the senior bowls where the week of practice is actually more important than the actual game? Well, yeah.
5: It's always about the practice. It's always about mm-hmm. the practice week really, because you have an opportunity to see guys going one-on-one. You get a chance to see them in different drills where you can evaluate them versus some of the best of the best. And even though the game is the game and it's competitive and they keep score. I mean, there are rules on it that kind of changing. Like you only can put in a handful of coverages, you only can uh, line up in uh, a couple of formations, and so you can't really necessarily see these guys elevated the play and playing at their best. Uh, the practice week is where a lot of the work gets done, but you certainly will pay attention to the game.
1: When it comes to the drills, the one-on-ones that you're looking at, which position group has been standing out the most to you? Of like these guys are really going at it.
5: I'll say the D line, the D line, and then. I uh, was saying there are a bunch of guys on the D line that can play. I already mentioned Joshua Pryor from Bowie State, He's been a guy that has stood out. Uh, but there's some others. Uh, Jason Dumas from Southern has stood out. Jordan Lewis also from Southern has been a guy that has that has come on. And then you know you think about a guy named Andrew Farmer the second who played at Lane College. Those guys are missing records when you go to the back end. Uh, we call them triple Bs and we're not talking about big baller brand. Uh Barnes <laughs> Brown. Coming from Fayetteville State. Uh, he's got a terrific quarter who has also uh, had a pretty nice week for
2: himself. Again, Bucky Brooks is our guest here from the NFL Network. He's at the HBCU Legacy Bowl right now. This is Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I saw a report that Trip Harrington, the quarterback out of Langston, was uh, really letting that thing rip this week. What have you seen from Trip?
5: You know, what's funny about Trip is I played high school football with his dad, Larry Harrington. Um, you know, Trip is very similar to uh, his dad in terms of just is with great athlete, uh, a guy that is doing pretty well. He's a guy that's bounced around a little bit. You know, he went to Juco before he finished at Lakes University, but uh, he did the best of the quarterbacks in attendance. Uh, he has big time arm talent, so we get a chance to see some of that on Saturday.
2: How have you seen the quarterback position evolve? And I mean, we just saw two black quarterbacks represented in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. How have you seen that position continue to evolve in the NFL?
5: Well, I mean, it's evolved in the NFL because you we went from a position where you couldn't have blacks playing the game to there. You're seeing not only blacks playing, but flourishing at the position. And when you think about the Super Bowl, it was historic to have two black quarterbacks starting the game. You have Pat Mahomes who won a second game. But then you see Pat Mahomes is probably outplayed by Jalen Hurts. And mm-hmm. so the more that you see guys uh, perform at that level, uh, the more that teams are going to uh, look at other guys and look like they play like they possess similar skill sets. Um, and so it's great. Um, I think what you're finally seeing is the pipeline working up because what I'm seeing is the guys that are playing on Friday nights at quarterback are now playing on Saturdays, but they also have an opportunity to play quarterback on Sunday and so it's a great thing to see.
1: Something that I want to move forward to is the coaching in the NFL. Eric Biennemi making the lateral move to be the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. What do you thought about that move for Biennemi?
5: Well, I mean, look, if you listen to all the narratives out there about Eric Biennemi, he's having to answer for things that other guys didn't. And so there's a lot of conversation about Eric Biennemi not being the primary primary play caller for the Kansas City Chiefs. And so to... Maybe eliminate that from the equation when it comes to him trying to become eventual head coach. Uh, he wanted to do something different, so he goes to the Washington Commanders. He has full autonomy to run the offense that he wants to run. He has the ability to hire fire coaches to fill out that staff, and so we all get a chance to see Eric enemy in a leadership position. That's it. It's a hard job because this is a team that ranked at the bottom uh, third of the league in several offensive categories. They don't necessarily have an established quarterback. And so what you're going to ask Airbnb to do is basically work a minor miracle to see if he can get this offense juiced up and productive enough that people will now recognize and respect his offensive ingenuity to the point that they're giving a the head job. I don't know if he can pull it off that way, but I give him credit for trying to eliminate some of the questions that surround his chemistry.
2: Talking right now with Bucky Brooks here on Red Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you, and I want to go back to Jackson State and Nugget Warren real quick. You know very well DBs win games, right? I mean, that's your position. Uh, you were in that secondary. Uh, how, how, how special do you think he could be on the next level?
5: Well, I mean, he has uh, a great skill set, you know, in terms of just like height, age speed, athleticism, and those things. He was highly regarded as a corner coming out of J.C. Man, Jackson State, uh, he was part of the rotation. So he doesn't have significant amount of starts under his belt. But in terms of a developmental prospect that you can take and hopefully develop for maybe in a year or two you have somebody that can play well, he has those tools. And so that's why there's a lot of interest and intrigue Uh, about
2: his prospects at the next level. You know, and I want to wrap up with this. Last year, Tariq Woolen out of UTSA, he was drafted in the fifth round by Seattle, and he was deemed as, well, he's a project. He's very athletic, but he's going to have to learn the role. I think he did pretty good his rookie year. Do you think more teams are going to take kind of chances on guys that just have those athletic traits and those skill sets like Tariq Woolen had because, well, it could turn into be something really special?
5: I mean, guys always investigate the great athletes because great athletes give you an opportunity to make explosive plays because of their explosion that they possess. But it's really important that the guys that you evaluate, uh, the guys that you bring into the program, they fit the style of play that you want to play. Uh, Tariq Miller is a perfect fit for the style of defense in Seattle Seahawks' uh, play. And so you know, if they're able to assess some of these prospects that we're talking about and put them in the right system that allows them to play to this church, Absolutely. We'll see more guys have opportunities to do what they're
2: going to do. Well, Bucky, thank you so much for your time. Again, you're at the HBCU Legacy Bowl. Uh, that's exciting to be able to evaluate those guys. I know that at some point you'll be at the scouting combine next week, and Indy will be there as well. It should be fun this whole draft period. Thanks so much for your time. We'll be talking soon. Hey, yeah, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. There he goes. Bucky Brooks from NFL Network. Again, he's at the Historically Black College University Legacy Bowl, uh, evaluating the guys that are there, getting an opportunity to kind of show, uh, showcase their skill set, which is very, very important. And I'm hoping at some point they don't have to worry about being separated. I'm hoping at some point there could be a lot more of the guys that are there right now. The HBCU guys could be... Put into the combine and just all be there at the same spot. That, that would be, that would be ideal. I know that that would make the, the pool of players that are out there competing that much larger. But look, they're out there for a week, right? We're going to be out there starting bright and early Monday morning, even though things doesn't really get started till Tuesday. I mean, they're out there for a week. They, they could probably put a, another 65, 70 guys into the mix. So I'm hoping at some point that it doesn't have to be separated and it could just be talent on top of talent. And just uh, a lot of scouts wanted to, you know, turn over every stone and see what this guy's all about. There's some great players that have come from HBCUs, some great Raiders that have come from HBCUs. So you know there's plenty of talent out there. It's just your job. Their job as scouts to go out there and find it. Many thanks to Bucky Brooks. Again, we'll be catching up with him next week in Indy at the Scouting Combine. Very excited about that. 344 is the time when we come back. We'll get back to your calls and texts. Let us know, man. 69187 Keyword RNR 702 365 9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.
1: Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. You
2: got a really good text on 707 on our don't be broke.com text line at 69187 Keyword RNR. I'm just confused about it all. Just need to get and keep studs. That includes Jacobs. Enough of what we heard about the Renfro trade rumors, etc. Just need to do what is needed to keep and obtain true players and ball hawks, studs. Then it's 100% on the coaches. Other than that, this is a confusing offseason for me. I hate to say. And thank you for that text. I love that text, to be honest, because I feel like it's a confusing offseason. Right? I mean, I I really do. Uh, We all well, we don't all believe that there's a plan. I believe that there's a plan. I don't know what it is. Let Let's let me go ahead and, st- and start there. Uh, you can look at this in multiple different ways. You know, there's, there's the conversation of this team is not going to sacrifice the future to try to win right now, but they also want to win right now but build for the future. We've had people call in and say, but you can't do both at the same time. We've had others argue that you can. So none of us really have an idea of what – the next step is going to be until we actually see the next step. Like how many times have we, as fans, even let's take the let's take our, you know, our our, our media hats off. Let's just go into it as fans. How many times have we been able to go into the offseason and say, okay, this is what they're going to do. This is what they're going to do. And this is what they're going to do, and and that's how they plan on attacking the next year. I feel like we've done that a lot of years. We've been able to identify exactly what they need, how they need to do it, and how they're going to go about it. So far, under this new staff, and I have to give them credit for this because they keep us on our toes, I think that we've been kind of off the whole time. You know, I know there was a lot of people that had conversations about Devontae Adams being a Raider. Plenty of people said, oh, I know that he's going to be a Raider. I guarantee it. Uh, I'm friends with the realtor that sold his house, and I thought that that was BS. It ended up being, you know, real that he was a Raider, but it was very low-key, the moves. You know, Dave Ziegler didn't make... There wasn't a whole lot of noise about it. it was it was happening. There wasn't like we were hearing leaks about it. You know, and I see some reports out that the Raiders aren't going to do this. The Raiders are going to do that. And honestly, I look at those reports and I kind of laugh because I'm thinking, these guys don't know. These guys don't know what the Raiders are going to do. You know, just like at the beginning of the show, played the soundbite from Jeff Darlington talking about Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay. Or a source in the Green Bay Packers organization believes he's going back to Green Bay, but... What if he what if he doesn't, you know, and then all of a sudden that's a that's a different direction that the team could go if that's what they choose to do. If they feel like the price is right. I feel like Dave Ziegler is not going to mortgage the future for anything, which means give up too much. But at the same time, I feel like there's a responsibility to try to win right now for multiple reasons, including their own. You know, he demanded, and you brought it up the other day. He said on the bus with the boys, well, I'm not going to go and make a move just to try to, you know, secure my job for a couple more years. And that's not what I mean. But I just mean that I feel like the responsibility of any GM, any coach is to try to win it at all times. Like, I mean, if you're not trying to win, what are you doing?
1: Exactly, and what you said, and that brings me back to the show question about: Do you bring Josh Jacobs back? Because I know that that ten million, I know that hey, running backs in this day and age that is right. a lot of money. But when it comes for their to, value position, yeah, the va- yes, the value. That's, that's yeah, yeah. And I pay. I wish he could get twenty million if it was up right. to All that exactly. Good mm-hmm. But when it comes to this team and winning, when it comes to winning, I think that having Josh Jacobs, even if you have an average quarterback or an elite quarterback. Him in the backfield gives you the best chance to win. So I do think from Dave Ziegler, you can weigh the eh, the pros and cons of paying a running back $10 million, But then when you chalk it up to, does he help us win? That's the answer that the front office should be asking themselves because that's what matters the most.
2: And, and that's the thing, Devon. I'm glad you said that because that's what I feel like the front office is doing. I feel like they're asking these questions. And they're not always easy. And sometimes they make people mad. I mean, we've had people call mad. And that's okay. Because that just—I mean—that's—that just means that you're passionate about it. I'm fine with that, you know, as long as you don't start yelling and screaming and cussing at us. We're good. It's, you know, we're fine. But I, 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 that's the questions I think that are happening in the front office. I think Dave is sitting down with Champ Kelly with everyone else and saying, "Okay." This is what we should do. Should we do it like this? Should we do it like that? What do you think about this? I mean, to, in my opinion, and I'm not in those rooms, so I don't know the answer, it feels like to me that they're having very spirited conversations about exactly what they're supposed to do based off of the ideas and the ideologies that they had when they, when they joined the Raiders organization. This is what we're going to do. This is the plan that they rolled out to, to Mark Davis as, you know, as they got hired. And, okay, this is how we stick to it and also try to win at the same time, which is something that we've heard Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels say multiple times throughout the course of the year in 2022. John in Salt Lake City, you're up first, man. Hit us with what you got. Welcome to the show. Hey, good
0: to talk to you. I, a name to watch out for okay. this off season is not Josh McDaniels okay. or Dave Ziegler. It's Devontae Adams. If Devontae does not sign off on who they get as quarterback, and he demands a trade, the walls come tumbling down on this organization. Raider Nation will no way stand for if Devontae Adams wants out. That's how much Devontae Adams' weight is carrying right now. And I don't know how involved Devontae or how hard he'll be on this, but that's the person to watch out for. If he does not like who they pick at quarterback – And he presses the issue and says, hey, I want to trade because we all know there's no such thing as a no-trade clause. If one of these guys doesn't want to play, they just simply threaten to sit out and what does an organization do? What do you do? And if he does that, it's going to trickle down to other players, and then they've got a whole other can of worms they're going to have to deal with. So watch out for Devontae Adams because I think he's going to be the key because if he's not involved in that quarterback decision, I think he could cause a major problem with this organization. So I'm interested to see what Devontae does. But thanks for taking my call.
2: Good stuff. And, you know, we've talked about Devontae, and I think that he deserves to have a say. I'm not saying that just because Devontae says something, or Josh or Max or anyone else that's a high-profile player for the team says something, they're going to do it. But I do think that they should listen to him. It's just like DeMond. DeMond could walk into my office anytime and say, hey, Q, I think we should do this. And I could say, hell no. But I, I think that he's earned the right to at least, you know, have his voice heard, right? I'll shoot him down all the time, but, I mean, he'll he'll speak his mind as he's sitting in the studio laughing his ass off right now because <laughs> he knows that it happens. But he has the right to walk in at any time and say, hey, what do you think about this? Or, hey, I think this is a good idea. Okay, cool. No, but, you know, whatever. It, it's, it's all good. I, I, to John's point, I think that Devontae has earned that right as well to be able to go in and say, hey, this is what we need to do. I think it would be a good idea to pursue this guy. And I think that they'll think about it. And then they'll make the, the best decision for themselves of, okay, this is what direction we're going to go. Let's take one more call before we get to Eric Moody from ESPN. Oh, just kidding. seven seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. We had our caller drop, and that's okay. We do have a couple of texts that I'll get to real quick, and then we'll get to uh, Eric Moody from ESPN talking about some free agency, uh, talking about some other uh, situations as well. And I saw this text. Where was it? I thought we just – didn't we just talk about – hmm. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is from the 915. Q&D. Happy birthday to Freddie B. Let's pay JJ. Build the team through the trenches. Build the defense and run the F out of JJ. He's a dog. Trade a second for Mac Jones to New England and draft hooker. Question. Why is everyone hyping up Anthony Richardson? Shake my head. The kid is Deshaun Kaiser 2.0. Only quarterback I think uh, could be special is CJ Stroud. Kid eats, breathes, and sleeps football. Exactly what Mick Ziegler are looking for. Uh, that's from El Paso Raider LOL. That's a lot in that text. A lot in that text. I was trying to get to it. I I saw it and I was like, man, I got to get to it because he's got a lot in there. Uh, Yes, happy birthday to Freddie B for sure. Uh, You know, I'm I'm all for uh, paying Josh Jacobs. I'm all for Josh Jacobs coming back. Uh, I just Threw the question out there to see if it made sense to you because many people have called us and said, You can't build that, you can't pay this, you can't pay that because you got to build up the team. There's too many holes. So I flipped it around, threw it back at you, and uh, 99.9% of everyone thinks that, you know, it makes all the sense of the world to bring back Josh Jacobs. And again, I'm all right with that. Let's kick off hour number three of the show. Eric Moody from ESPN. He'll join us next. It's Red Nation Radio, 920.